guys welcome back to according to i'm megan and i'm sierra for this week's episode we are going to be doing another advice episode and so there wasn't any specific theme that we requested you guys submit advice for but we tended to receive a lot of like school related advice or like not advice because like we're giving the advice but questions i guess they want advice for school scheduling you know making or like balance between work school other activities um and some like relationship dating advice which obviously we're very qualified to give but i feel like i have and we'll say it again we think that we have good advice regardless you guys can agree or disagree relationship status i feel like i can just read people well and that's all you need you know before we get into the advice we're gonna start off with our weekly spotlight and then of course anything that we want to catch you guys up on if we have anything um do you have a weekly spotlight thought of of course i do it's iowa winning iowa iowa state game i was gonna see if i could come up with something besides winning the football game but that was it's hard to beat it was good and honestly it was a good game for us too the beginning i wouldn't say i was nervous because honestly like i genuinely I did was. think that we were going to Not again win. like that i was like i thought we were gonna win like i, I thought we were the better team this year actually like in the like in 2019, Iowa State should have won that game. Like we're not gonna lie about it. They, you know, they they're the ones that yeah. messed up. And if they had not, they should have probably easily scored a field goal and won. But this year going into it, I was like, actually, I think we are the better team, and we really showed up and showed out. I thought I was a little bit <laughs> nervous because they scored first, which was just a field goal. But I was just like, we just weren't, we weren't on it. I was like, what's going on? hello and then eventually you know things started picking up we still have improvement but I was pleased and I was just like there was some fun plays when our our defense has been very good and when the defense is good it's pretty fun to watch so Mm -hmm. I look forward to continuing to see their growth throughout the season yeah I look forward to going to the Big Ten Championship also one of our (laughs) listeners just because I was just looking through DMs to find advice stuff and I saw someone dm'd us who goes to a big 10 school and they mentioned to us that apparently it's free tickets to the big 10 championship are free if you have a season ticket if your team ends up going to the championship so you know that sierra and i are now going for sure if we end up at the big 10 championship that was just what one person said but like i don't know why she'd be lying or like i don't know if the rules are different between schools i don't know how it works but if that's the case i'm honestly probably going any either yeah, way probably but we have that to look forward to. Um, exactly, we're manifesting it. We are going. Otherwise, let's see. Other new things, Sierra and I started um, our volunteering, which is just something we're doing for like around a month. We're helping out um, being sidewalkers for hippotherapy. It's technically an adaptive writing class, but just like if you look up what hippotherapy is, I feel like it would give you a better picture. It's just us. People on horses. Um, and we're next sidewalking to um people on horses and it was honestly a beautiful monday evening i was kind of like this is nice the sun was setting it was getting like pink we were walking outside with the horses and i was just like this is interesting because this is mm-hmm. not what i do usually do on my monday usually nights. wouldn't see me here on a monday night so yeah other than that not a too busy week. We, we had our first exam yesterday. We did have our first exam, so I can't say not like too busy of a week. But honestly, like it was a, it was one of the easier exams Chef's of all kids. Exam. Um, so I won't complain. It was good. And then I'm um, just really kind of hoping this weekend. We're hoping to have like an actual study weekend. I'm like between Thursday to like Thursday to Sunday. That's my weekend. Even yeah. though I have class and stuff, but like, after like class tomorrow. Today's Wednesday when we're recording this. So like tomorrow for class, we have. Two easy classes. We get done even a little bit early. Yeah, we're done at two, which is, that's earlier for us this semester. And then Friday, we don't have any actual class. We have um, this summit that we're supposed to go to that's on campus, but, like, it's just, like, an educational thing and not for school. So I'm like, easy, done, got it. And we have the weekend, and I'm just like, I actually have time to do things, I feel like. And I feel like we've talked about this in our vlogs and maybe on the podcast, too, where we've just been, like, trying to stay afloat with all the stuff we have to do try counting um the number of hours that we're in class like just on a weekly basis and I think that right now compared to last semester 
<clears throat> I want to say we were in class for like 12 and a half hours and then I got to like 12 hours by Wednesday. So Thursday, Friday stuff is stuff we were not in class for last semester. Like the hours there, which is like an extra, you know, d- Fridays it kind of is iffy because sometimes we don't have class, like a one class on Friday, but it's got to be an additional like six or some like something hours a week that we're in class. And then one of our classes, the outside work is just way more. So hoping to something get to justify our feelings at least, you know, like we're not, we've been saying we feel like we're just like not being caught up in stuff and so I just was like okay probably reasonable to feel like that hopefully at one point I could feel like I'm caught up I don't Mm -hmm. know we're slowly starting to realize because typically like my mo when it comes to like school and classes is I like to stay relatively on top of everything I don't think that's gonna happen this semester it seems like I can try and maybe stay on top of like ideally there's two classes I would like to stay on top of and everything else might just kind of have to fit in where it fits in. Yeah. And I might just have to be okay with that. Honestly. And that's not how I usually operate at all. I don't prefer to operate like that. I prefer to, like, stay on top of, like, oh, like, let me review. At, by, by the end of this week, I'll have reviewed, like, everything that I learned in class this week. And I might not have mastered it, but I would have, like, reviewed it. And, like, I just feel like, no. And there's some classes where I am kind of, like, I shouldn't need to necessarily review it all the time because i'm like why are we even in this class but (laughs) okay anything else to i don't think i have any other updates okay let's get started with some of the advice so first person is asking is double majoring a good idea if i don't know what i want to do for a specific career but know what field i want to go into Hmm. I wish I had more information, honestly, because I think that could help me with your answer more because my first thought is honestly just like that I would never double major and I don't really get the point of double majoring. See, I was going to say I also wouldn't double major, especially if you know like what field you are going into, because then you can pick a degree that's like going to make enough sense for that field and like no one unless every single person in that field has a double major then it doesn't seem necessary to have a double major yeah especially since like half the time you get into the like job force is that what it's called workforce anyways like no one really cares about what your degree is in half the time they're like you have like a completely random degree and they're like whatever you can we'll try you out but if it's remotely related to the field that you want to go into then that should suffice i would say that having like if you end up creating a schedule and you could get a minor or something pretty easily then you might as well like you don't really have to try necessarily to get a minor sometimes it just happens or you do very little extra work to get a minor so I would suggest doing that if anything especially assuming that knowing a specific path you want to go into a specific career field like you are probably going to get somewhat similar majors so maybe you could do one major and a minor so first one I have is I know you guys just touched on doing readings for class in your recent vlog, but I'm in my first year of OT school and really don't understand how in the world I can read 10 chapters to prep for class. How do you guys decide what to read? Even when I do read sometimes, I feel as as if I don't digest the material. Thanks. That last part is really kind of the key of where, of my reasoning, I guess, for what I'm going to say as an answer. Um, Sometimes if you're realizing that you have too much, I guess here's my logic. I'm going to walk you through my logic. Let's say you have 10 chapters you have to read, and let's say you're trying to be a good student, so you're saying, I need to read these chapters. But let's say you're also trying to be reasonable and say, like, I only have two hours to devote to just this because I have other stuff I need to get done. Because you probably do have other things in classes you need to study for. So I don't know how long those 10 chapters are, or if it's like a one-day thing, but with how fast you'd have to, like, read through, or, like, maybe it's to the point where you're skimming, how much are you actually retaining, And then it becomes a question of, like, what is actually a good use of your time and, like, you being efficient. So I would say try skimming. Maybe look at figures. Those are a good way to kind of, like, get shortcuts or summary type stuff in, like, the chapters. Um, If it's not absolutely pertinent, you could probably skip the readings altogether. Mm -hmm. I don't know how pertinent your readings are. But, like, we have one class where we have to read research articles. You do... 
it's tricky to figure out what to read, but we usually read pretty much the whole thing, except sometimes the methods section, because we don't literally need to know how to walk through the entire experiment. Um, and do I remember it all? No, but like our professor will ask questions about pretty much anything. So I try to be prepared and it takes a lot of time versus other classes. We have technically I've had like, required readings that I have I've not read. I've been like talking to someone about like a class that we've been in, like, and already like we are done with the class and we're like oh like the readings for that class and i was like we had readings for that class what class i don't remember what class i think it was like i think it was our musculoskeletal class like last semester mm. i didn't even know we had required readings for that class i didn't either except for I, we had a couple that i knew of that we did do but, but yeah um my advice is that like if you're not retaining the material you're reading it does kind of become a waste of time you have to go based off of return on investment is the time that you're putting in worth what you're getting out of it? Are you understanding it? Some of the stuff you said, you're not digesting it. I don't know if it's because of the complexity of the article or if it's like Megan said, you're just like skimming to try and finish it. So if you're trying to get something out of the readings, it could be helpful to read like headings, summary sections, Figures. topic conclusion sentences. Like you might just have to find something if these readings are absolutely necessary that are going to like just summarize it otherwise sometimes what i've noticed is that there will be professors who give you required readings from a textbook but then like their lecture really is like the information that, that they you were want you to know and it's kind of just like reformatted or set in a different way and if that's the case i'm absolutely not reading for that mm-hmm. class so those I are agree. just a few of my takeaways look i used to not want to skip the readings because i was just like i want to do what's requested of me but sometimes there's only so much time of the day exactly that's what i've learned this freaking semester i can't do it all so i simply won't (laughs) okay next one is any advice for how to study for college exams i'm a college freshman and i'm about to take my first exam Ooh, this brings me back jitters i genuinely had first exam jitters i think we've already talked about that before but like our first exam i was shaking i had to put my pencil down and say sierra breathe you can do this. I want to start off by saying and hopefully giving you some motivation or something to hopefully calm you down. And I hope that this ends up being your experience. But if it's not, then I apologize. Um, I would say feel more confident that you will know the material on the exam than you might think you do. And maybe I'm just like reflecting back on how I felt my freshman year where I thought I was about to go into my first chem exam And somehow, like, a different language is going to be on the exam. Mm -hmm. And that I wasn't going to know exactly what I'd practiced up until that point. It's because you're told time and time again, like, ah, you can study everything and it's just impossible. Like, you'll never do well. That's, like, what I remember hearing all throughout high school is that, like, oh, it's just impossible. Like, you can't do well in college. Like, they make it impossible. And very rarely in my undergrad and even graduate experience have I felt like I've been, like, tricked in an exam or, like, duped. Yeah. Like, sure, there's exams that you don't do great on or there's you know, questions every once in a while, you were kind of like, this is really how they chose to word this question because it's almost just like not a fair question how it's asked, but you know what they're trying to get at or you know that it's a concept you've learned about and it's just maybe not like the best worded question. Um, I would also, I guess I would suggest a couple different things just because I don't know your circumstances. If you have the ability to take practice exams or if they give you a practice exam. Or like, sometimes like uh, websites like Course Hero have previous exams i think like sometimes like study students if you get really really lucky like students that previously took previously took that course may have uploaded it because you get credits to look at answers if you upload notes and stuff so that would probably be like slim slim chance but it's a possible option um another thing that i would suggest is if you know anyone who took the class previously kind of just ask them what kinds of things they remember about the exam get the they vibe. might give you like just I remember when we started our um when we started at grad school one of our first big exams was anatomy and so luckily like one of the second years at the time kind of did like this study session just to help us get in the right frame of I mind. I forgot about that. And oh, should one of us do that? <laughs> I think they already had their I don't know if they had their You're the anatomy, anatomy queen Megan, <laughs> you should do it. Um I don't really remember the exams that much. I remember some things. But my point is is that had I not known the specific types of questions that the second year was telling us that our professor would like to ask and just to get us in that frame of mindset. So before going into the exam, we could like practice doing that ourselves and see how well we would do. 
then probably wouldn't have done as well on the exam. Mm Because, like, sure, you could work your way through it, but it's just nice to know a little bit beforehand. Like, simple things where our professor really liked using cross-sections, and she'd use them on the PowerPoints, but knowing, like, "Mm, she really likes those on the tests, too, that's helpful information. It just, like, narrows down your focus. Usually you don't look at anatomy in terms of cross-sections, and so it's, like, it's kind of a weird way to look at things, kind of changes your perspective. So, like, you could, again, like you said, you logically could work through it probably, but it could also mess you up because you're like, I've never really thought about it in terms of, you know, cutting a leg in half. What am I looking at? So definitely try to reach out to previous people in the class. You could maybe try going into office hours of your professor and like, it. you have to be careful on how you word this. Do not go to the pres- professor and say, what should I focus on? If you're having trouble and you're like, can't, it's difficult for you to like grasp like what's the main concept we're talking about right now and like you need help compartmentalizing like maybe word it like that and then maybe hopefully they'll go off on like their own tangent and just like you can check the to rate your professors too thing. and then also actually this is another good one that could be useful just like for a lot of people if all else fails and you really have no good starting point look at the course objectives and i hate saying that like i do as soon as i see course objectives on a skill on a syllabus skip skip But it really is a good starting place. If you have no idea what your professor is trying to get you to learn from the material, they probably tried to word a little bit of it on the objectives. And if I've been lost in a class and don't know where to start, I've gone back to the objectives. And then say, can I answer this or not? And then go And then try to look at your notes and see where they talk about that stuff. Yeah. Best of luck. First exams in college are very scary. At least that was my experience. But once you get one under your belt, it gets easier, it gets better, a little bit less stressful. I also feel like, just as a side note, our chemistry and biology exams were so freaking stressful because it was like it at was just night, this big ordeal, and like, so many people were there. It used to be a whole day, like for me, a whole day, like emotional state. Like I was like, I can't do anything today. And our exams were literally eight to ten at night, but I would finish class at like two or three and just be like, huh, like I don't, I can't do anything. Yeah. And it was like, that's six hours away. Yeah. So as time gets on, and I feel Especially like... Especially now when we have, like... It was just an undergrad. It went from that, and then eventually, like... I remember for a while, we didn't even have tests in the actual class, except for, like, those smaller classes that didn't matter as much. When they started having exams in class, that yeah. was a blessing. My goodness. It really makes it just, like, less of an experience or, like, less of a thing. So... Like, for physics, they ended up being in class, and, like, maybe before then, too, but, like, biology and chemistry were, like, these big ordeals outside of class, and, like, that would really make it seem like a big, big deal. Yeah. And now we just have exams during class. It gets like that pretty quick, and maybe some people, it's always like that, but. Your turn, Megan. Is it? It is. I think. I just did the test. Oh. Okay, then it's my turn. Uh, Someone said, Hey guys, I just started my freshman year of college and I have been meeting a lot of new people in my classes and stuff, but how do I make actual real friends? Like I will talk to people during one class and then we never speak again. I know people make friends by joining different clubs slash organizations, but I feel like with all my schoolwork this semester, it would be hard to balance that on top of everything and I get so nervous to go to events when I don't know many people there. So I was just wondering if y'all had any advice on making friends in college or how to get out of your comfort zone. Thanks. I will be answering this from the do as I say, not as I do perspective. (laughs) You guys know, undergrad came and went, few friendships were formed. But you are one step ahead of me in that you're already talking to people in your classes and like kind of forming those in-class friendships that sort of lay the foundation for what could become a real-life friendship. So my advice to you is if you have a class before lunch and you have a friend that you're like kind of making in that class, say, hey, are you doing anything for lunch? Maybe you go eat at the dining hall together, or if you want to, I don't know if other... That wasn't even in my mind. Dining hall, not in my mind. Go to, like, a Well, I know. That's what I was thinking, too, but if you don't want to pay for lunch, yeah. you can go to the dining I'm hall. I'm just saying that was not even They might be radar. going to the dining hall, too. Um, that's a good place to start. I also think, you know, getting a phone number or something with, like, if you want to make it easier, like, saying, like... Oh, like for notes, for you notes, know. or if we like have questions, find a better way to word it. But like that could be the pretext that that comes up in. Um, otherwise, like if you don't follow them on social media, like go follow them. It's not that big of a deal. They'll probably follow you back if your acquaintances. I would assume if they don't, that's probably your sign that they are not looking for a friendship. 
yeah, so that could be a good place to start. Um, and then I feel like Sierra's advice was pretty good. But like that, that's kind of. I think it's just about getting that initial meeting in a non-academic environment to be like, oh, this is like for friendship and not for school. And maybe it starts too with like getting together to study for the exam. But then like you can also like talk about stuff beyond like studying just for the exam. Yeah. And And then like after that, that. if you wanted to, like if you want to do like something school related first, like lay the groundwork and then like either at your like study session or whatever, then you say, hey, like we could get like Like dinner afterwards or like whatever. Like honestly, if you're talking about similar interests in like to make it so it doesn't die and fizzle out that's when you kind of need to like make plans or ask about additional plans like during that time it, it could be something so simple like you watch the same like reality tv show boom ask to like watch it together when like the next episode comes out or it doesn't have to be a reality tv it could be any an example episode it could be any new episode that's come out or maybe you both watch survive or something that's starting up again maybe you both have never watched it and you want to give it a go yeah <laughs> that's just like popping in my mind because maybe i should watch this season of survivor i fell off yeah, I have to like pay attention, so it's hard for me because usually I have so little time that shows that I'm putting on TV right now are just shows I've seen before. Yesterday, I actually, because I have been such in such a not great study mood that yesterday I was like, I need to change the scenery. So I came out to the living room <laughs> instead of my room, and it was a good change of pace. I had my lap desk, so I used it um, for the first time in a while because even though I have studied in my bed a little bit, I kind of have just been like not using my lap desk. So I came out here put monk on the tv and it was good so good for you yeah best of luck making friends is hard we have a whole episode about that we just did an episode so okay my next thing is how to get out of the friend zone with a guy i feel like Mm -hmm. i have simple advice but also maybe in practice it's not the most realistic in my mind i feel like communication is key and being upfront is key but I know that that's probably like easier said than done I have never been in this situation before like I don't think I've ever been friends with someone that I've been like oh like I would like to date them so I can't really come from this from personal experience I think you definitely have to weigh the pros and cons of like I mean I tend to be the person who always just like go for it because you know what's the worst that can happen i also feel like you're probably old enough where it would be handled in like a mature situation no matter what and like you're probably not like you're probably at a stage where you're just like curious if you would work well in a relationship and like you're probably not necessarily like crushing around like like, like your friends so if you just communicate that oh my god date me if you're you're just communicating that to him and i just feel like it probably wouldn't be that weird and he'd probably be like oh like i'm flattered or maybe he'd want to try it out, or maybe he wouldn't. But I still feel like you could maintain that same friendship. Because once you know, then you can stop wondering. And then you can just either stay friends or pursue a relationship. But I feel like at least you know, and then you're not hung up on the what if. Or you do a subtle transition. You're like, ask them on a date, but it's not a date. And you're, like, you're like, oh, do you want to see this movie? And then they're like, is this a date? But then you like don't say, like in their head, they're thinking that, but... Who knows? See, I feel like that's just confusing. You're, like, drawing out the confusing game. Maybe. But it's also scary to just come out and be like, hey, do you want to try dating? So Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like I have super good advice for that. But my advice is communicate. <laughs> and I wish you the best of luck on that. Okay. Um, someone said, I'm going for PA school interviews and I'm so nervous. I really want to get in and I have to take a gap year. So I'm very stressed. Honestly, I'm just nervous for the questions I haven't prepared for or I haven't prepped for like weird questions. I know you guys did your PT interviews. Any advice? Um, I'm hoping it just for your sake that you don't get too many weird questions. I always think it's weird when programs do that. Personally, our programs ask like some challenging questions, but none of them were like outright weird I had, this is unrelated to, like, PT school interviews, but I had an interview for a clinical over Zoom a couple months ago, and they asked me, like, if, I don't even remember, if healthcare was a pizza, what would PT be on the pizza? And I was like... Like, I hate those questions. Uh, I really do. I said the crust, because it's, like, the foundation, but I was like, I don't freaking know. I just, I just that think up. that you're setting that person up 
To sound stupid? To sound stupid because what kind of question is that? Like, I'm not Anyways, on the spot. Um, my advice to you would be to focus on one interview at a time. I guess, like, you can kind of create an overall. What I did was I knew that behavioral questions would be commonly taking place amongst all my interviews. So I tried to create, like, a list of experiences that I could use that related to, I think most of them were clinical related. I can't think of too many like personal experiences I used, but that I thought I could twist and use for a variety of behavioral things. Like, you know, you want to look at times where you were challenged, times where things didn't go right. And it's hard to think of that stuff. That's what you need to do though is think of stuff beforehand, not think of like 500 different scenarios for 500 different questions. You need to be able to have just like, five to ten but even ten's kind of pushing it experiences to pull from where it's like this can work for this type of question this type of question like something should like be able to show you in a variety of different lights also if you haven't looked into uh is it star i like the response form for a behavioral question something like that there's like a specific format you're supposed to use maybe look into that to like help you best navigate how to actually answer the questions i think something else that could be useful is making sure that you're looking up each program prior to the interview and like get a good handle on some of the faculty that you might be interacting with their philosophy their philosophy if they um have like a certain i guess motto that they live by and that like shows what's important to them like when we interviewed for creighton their biggest thing was like service and not that that can't apply to other situations but like that was their big thing was that service was very important um and then be prepared I guess just for like how you might interact in different settings so you're probably going to know the interview format before you go I think that we knew that for all of ours possibly so we had a two-on-one um I guess I had two two two-on-ones I think two different separate one-on-ones at one interview and then I had a group interview with like four or five other people and then three people that were the interviewers and then at that same interview I also had a one-on-one so you kind of have to be ready to interact with whoever it could be faculty it could be students it could be graduates from the program um and either way you're just trying to present yourself in the best light Mm -hmm. I'd say confidence is honestly something that I think goes a long way in interviews and I'm not even saying that I came off like the absolute most confident but I know that as someone who was at interviews and saw other people I was like oh like they have this I feel bag. like come off as genuine too I know but I'm just saying like I could see other people like interacting I was like I feel like you got this in the bag like you're already here you're charismatic you're you know there's some people that really just like it seems like nothing phases them yeah and I don't know if they're like that in the interview too or if they just like the door closes there and then it's like oh my god but there's some people that you're interacting with and you haven't gotten the interview yet, or it's after the interview. I mean, after the interview, everyone's relaxed. Yeah, my God, but, that's the best part. Um, they'd be going through the program, and you're just chilling in your chair, relaxing. Yeah. I have one more thing. Practice interviewing. I know it sucks, and it's literally the last thing I ever wanted to do. Like, Haley literally came over, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, it's going to be so embarrassing to have to practice interviewing in front of you. But I did it, and you have to, to practice. Okay, this one's kind of long, um, so so I said they said I'd love to hear your advice on finding your passions slash figuring out your personal values separate from separating your own voice from others, especially when other people's and society's opinions have become internalized. I've just finished my business degree and I figured out I'm actually not interested in it and more just did it for the sake of it and societal pressures to go to college. So now I don't know what to do with myself or what I'm actually interested in. Any advice? I always value people who can be reflective enough to recognize I may have done this, but that's not where my heart lies anymore. Or like I want to, you know, maybe for a while you like get a job with this business degree or whatever, just to like pay the bills or what have you. But I can always appreciate people who like, in addition to that, are like actively pursuing other avenues or interests that are going to make them happier. Hmm. So they just want advice for finding their new passion? Yeah. So 
you haven't found what you're looking for yet. I don't know if you have any idea of like what realm that would even be in, but I think you just have to like explore new opportunities and like put yourself out there. I don't know if that would be job shadowing or like I don't know what you're like interested in even pursuing. I don't know if it's like a career thing or if it's just like you need a new life adventure. Yeah, sometimes too, like I feel like I've I've always been the person who has been kind of like you want to enjoy your work so it doesn't feel like you're working. But I've also heard people say, and I can respect this opinion too, of like, it is okay if you go to your nine to five job and it's simply a means for you to make money and you don't love it, but you don't hate it. It's just what you go do. So then you can live your life outside of work. And you don't like, I feel like some people place it so much on themselves that like they have to find their passion so that their passion can be their work. And that's like an ideal situation, but it doesn't happen for everyone. It doesn't happen for a lot of people. And I feel like that's also okay. And then if you're going throughout your life, I feel like passion is something that just kind of like falls into your lap. If you like, if it's a genuine passion, it's hard to go looking for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I guess my advice would be kind of what Sierra said, like still don't be afraid to go explore and try new things and like see what you can learn about yourself from that. But I also feel like stability is a good thing. And if you can get a job that will pay your bills and you can do okay with that, then I think that's a good thing too, at least for like the time being. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add to that. Um, Next one, someone said, advice on dating someone who has politically opposing views. I'm going to be honest, I simply just don't think I could. That's not the question. That's not what they asked. That's my advice. Don't date them. <laughs> I think... Here, I'll give actual advice. What exactly are your opposing viewpoints? Like, you know, it's more than just like, oh, like, they're Republican, they're Democrat, or like, whatever party they are. But what, like, actual views do they have that are opposing from yours? And how fundamental are they to your beliefs and, like, your values as a human being? That's a better way to word it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything I would add to that. I think that I have something to say for you. It's okay to disagree with your partner, but I also feel like there's certain things that's okay for you to say, like, this is important enough to me that, like, I simply can't settle for otherwise or for you to have a different opinion because, like Sierra was saying, like, if it's fundamentally going against what you believe in beyond just, like, a political thing of, like, I saw, I see people compare it to, like, you know, oftentimes people, if you see the same problem but have a different solution for how to get there, that's okay. That's a healthy disagreement that I think that is okay in a relationship. But it's like if you simply are disagreeing on what should be the rule, I guess, you know, just generally speaking for whatever political issues of debate, then I think that that's when it gets challenging. What was I going to say? Because I said I had something to say. I did have something. Um, I think that... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. It's like in the past, I've always been like not someone who thought too much about like politics when they okay. came to... I have an, an example <laughs> too of like okay. what I was just saying. Go. Um, and you're not going to forget? Yes, I'm good. So the gun debate. If, you, if I was dating someone... Again, I've kind of been with Sierra. Of like I find it hard for me to imagine dating someone with like drastically different political opinions than me. But if I was dating someone and we could at least both agree that there was, like, a gun issue in America and that, like, something needed to be done, that's a good starting point. But if the other person that I was dating, dating their argument was just, if people want to get a gun and kill people, they're going to do it. Like, I can't have, I couldn't date someone with that mindset. You know what I mean? It's like, what's your solution? Like, you have to provide something. It can't just be, like, let's give up. That's just one example of, you know any political issue you could think of but okay uh back to what i was gonna say i have always been of the mindset like oh like politics aren't like that important granted i've never been in a relationship like it's never even like come to like crosshairs of like oh my god they have different like political opinions than me you know what i mean hasn't ever gotten there but as i've gotten older and i feel like you learn more about just like politics how much and the world around you yeah how I'm much it like, matters and how much it's going to be in your everyday lives like, I know in a day-to-day conversation, like, or just, like, 
in like throughout a relationship, especially like when you're forming a relationship, I feel like you don't talk about like controversial things that often. It's honestly broken my heart to see people because honestly politics didn't used to be as polarizing as it is now. Like that's a fact. So it breaks my heart when I would like see people on TikTok who like literally have been married to people for years at this point and like that's the breaking point of their relationship because it never came up sooner. Yeah. Or like even the pandemic, like no one thought you'd have to like knew how your partner would respond during a pandemic. Yeah. Could you imagine you're like I imagine like what if I've been dating someone for like five years and all of a sudden they're like an anti masker, I'd be like, uh like, yeah. Or like they wouldn't get the vaccine, Just I'd like, be like, I think we need to break up to you. Um, that wasn't fully my point, I don't think, but <laughs> I lost at this point. I Sierra, I said don't lose it. I think my politics matter, values matter, politics reflect values, who you vote for matters. So, yeah. That brings me back to, remember when uh, the election was happening and couples be like going, they'd film, film a TikTok and they'd be like going to cancel out each other's votes. <laughs> that <laughs> was kind of like, funny though. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, okay. Couldn't someone, be me though. <laughs> someone said how to budget your time in college. Make a pie chart. <laughs> I think that the best thing that you can do is. <laughs> Good I guess no. Like one way you could start is saying, I guess sometimes I like to kind of categorize my day by like time rather than necessarily like list of things I need to do to get done because I find that when I have like more things that I'm trying to get done that like cover different categories so it could be like I have school stuff I have to get done I have classes that I have to get done and I can't really do anything about them I have uh homework and studying stuff I need to get done I want free time or whatever else it may be sometimes I'll categorize it as like you know maybe I have my list of to do stuff for school I need to do maybe I'm not going to get everything done but I'm going to do two hours of school stuff today and just try to like bang 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 be as efficient as possible like go through your school to do and list. if i run out of time in the two hours and like don't finish everything like it's time to move on to the next thing i think that's good so i do that sometimes if i just like have to fit in at least some category like a little bit of everything then that's one way i approach it otherwise sometimes i'm a simple to-do list kind of gal but that kind of sometimes you know, that kicks me in the butt because you don't realize how some sometimes certain things take longer than you yeah. think and then my to-do list today is freaking long and i'm like there's no way i'm gonna get everything done today but then i feel bad about not getting it done today even though it could be done whenever so i need to get better about that and you can try and be better about that too and then the last thing i would also add to that is really utilize your um gaps in the middle of your day especially guys if you're an undergrad and you have gaps in your day take advantage because right now i we got sometimes no gaps have, i have lunch we sometimes have a lunch gap and honestly People in our class have, I've been shocked that people like getting their stuff done during our lunch breaks because that's how much stuff could be due right now. I sometimes do that, but I just miss having some breaks in the day where I could get some stuff done, but it's like I come we're home in the and same then room it's all day too. So it's like, uh, I'd be dying. I said we're in the same room all day too. So I just be dying. We get like five minutes to like stand up and walk around. Yeah. Um, I think that was good. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, someone said, I met a guy in college, and he seemed into me when we met, like, putting his arm around me and getting close and stuff when I was... I would say so. What? Sorry, you can keep talking. Putting your arm... Putting his arm around you, though? I'm just like... Oh. Uh, and when I was leaving, he asked me for my snap, which I know you guys hate, <laughs> uh, but I gave it to him and snapped him a couple times, but he takes, like, a full day to answer, so I don't know if he's actually interested or not. Uh, we also only met for like 10 minutes. Update, he still hasn't responded, but he did accept my Insta follow request and followed me back. This is why I hate Snapchat, guys. It's never, like, I'm sure the guy's headspace is like, oh, like, we'll see what happens. Like, interested, but kind of not really. Like, if that's his mindset, he's very much showing that with his actions. But that's what gets so frustrating to me about it. Because look at, it is look kind how of much like, stress it's putting on you. Like, the whole, like, oh, did he open it and, like, read it and, like, didn't snap me back? Did his snaps go or go up? Like, it's just, it's too much. And so, uh, some people might argue that they're, like, playing the game of, like, not wanting to appear too desperate and, like, not wanting to respond back quickly. But, like, if they're playing that game, you don't need them anyways. So, yeah. um, 
I would say ever since I changed my motto to like something along the lines I don't have an actual motto but like if I'm confused it's a no like I just can't do it there have been way too many times where I've been confused uh and I'm just like you know what we're just not getting confused anymore so if you are confused I would say drop him and leave and move on I would say otherwise, if you're not wanting to quite let go yet, I don't know how long you take to respond. She didn't say, did she? Make it a point to respond. Like, if you're genuinely on your phone, not like, I'm not saying to wait around for answers, but if you're on your phone, like, instead of playing a game of, like, oh, like, let me wait a certain amount of time to respond, like, respond right away and see, because like, you know that they would probably have just been on their phone then, and so if they start doing the game of, like, oh, I have to wait. You know, what's annoying, though, with Snapchat, though, is, like, Imagine you both are, like, responding super fast like that. I'd be like, this is annoying. That's how texting works. I just feel like texting is lots of a burden. You could switch to texting. Say, I don't like Snapchat anymore. <laughs> if you still want to talk to me, here's my number. There you go. Put the ball in his court. And then he could, maybe at that point he leaves. And then you're like, okay, well, at least I have my answer. And mm -hmm. then, but if he does text you, then maybe there's still hope. Okay, so this next one. It's my freshman year of college, and I've had some really good opportunities come my way, such as writing for the paper and joining the marching band, both big-time commitments. I guess maybe this is kind of a repeat, but I'll finish it. I really want to do both, but I'm scared I'll end up overworking myself. How do I find a good balance with clubs and school life and still having a social life? I do think we kind of touched on this, like, in terms of, like, trying to best come up with an ideal schedule. Obviously, with your commitments, it's going to have actual, like, time frames in which you like like once you accept doing other probably things gonna be hard also to like like step back from that i don't know if there's like certain deadlines to join both of these things but you could always try joining like one at first see how that switches up your schedule and how you feel work-wise with that or like if you're overwhelmed or not picking up two things would be kind of tricky though and i'm always like i've got to be honest i'm someone who does not want to work overwork myself at all so i very much tend to not add additional responsibility to my schedule but that's just me that's also me. i did add volunteering though I, it's for a class but i added it it hasn't been too bad so depending on the time commitments you could try both but my advice would be if they have different deadlines where you could just join one first then i would say that if they have to be um like you definitely seem interested in at least doing one because you're messaging us in the first place so i feel like definitely join one but if you have to like either join both or none or like you have to join at the same time or i don't even know how i'm wording this if they <laughs> have the same deadline and you're not sure i would just go with the one you would care more about i agree as like idealistic as it would be to say like oh join both of them like you'll have so much fun i just you have to take into account your mental health and, like, your time management skills. And maybe one is all you can handle. Okay. Next one I have. Someone said, hi, Megan and Sierra. I just graduated in May with my engineering degree and moved far away from home. Not cheap. For a job at a company I like. However, the job itself has not lived up to my expectations. I applied to work for Universal Studios Orlando on their engineering team and am in the final stage of interviews. If I get the job, it means I'll have to move far away again in a few weeks, which is not cheap. And my lease where I am currently doesn't eh, or doesn't end until May and that take about a $10,000 pay cut. But working for Universal has always been my dream job to get to go into the theme parks and find ways to innovate and improve is so exciting to me. Should I take the job if I get if I get it despite these major expenses slash pay cuts? I think that your heart seems in it. And I think that at the end of the day, you're going to be fine like financial wise. So I would say yes. I also want to say yes. I like where your heart's at. I think that it seems like something you're actually interested in. Granted, I don't know like the change in cost of living from like where you are to where you're going. So that might play a role in how much your pay cut would affect you. But if you can swing it, I would say go for it. I agree. Go where your heart is. And if you have to reevaluate re later, you can. But while the opportunity is presented to you and you've made it far enough along in the interviews to actually like consider it becoming a reality I feel like that already has kind of like dictated that you see yourself doing it so I would say take the leap 
here is the next one. So this is like friend advice. So it says we've been friends for a few years and as for as long as I've known her, she's never been single, which is fine, except her friends always take the back seat to the boyfriend. Um, with COVID, I haven't been able to see her in a few months and she claims it's because she's busy, but I know it's just because she's hanging out with the boyfriend. He's a nice guy. But is it so bad to want a one-on-one or want some one-on-one time? How do I deal with this? It makes me feel really unimportant. We already gave this answer earlier in the podcast, but I think communication is. I also say I also again you don't give every single detail of the situation, but I want to throw out a slightly different perspective in terms of saying, I guess you did say she said she was busy, so maybe you have like reached out to her, but I don't know how many times. I don't know how consistent, and I can definitely get myself into a mindset of like no one's asking me to do stuff or like no one's wanting to hang out with me and like I do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. I never ask anyone to do anything and then I'm shocked when no one asks me to do anything so I just want you to like be reflective enough to ask yourself like have I been extending the olive branch enough am I giving like options and like reaching back out if one thing doesn't work out so just you know make sure you've done your part I guess Mm mm-hmm I think something else to keep in mind if you do have to have a conversation with her about this is to not be, like, accusatory of anything. Because, like, she doesn't really owe you anything. Like, she's hanging out with her boyfriend or, like, she says she's busy. Like, those aren't things that she, like, should be demonized for necessarily because she can spend her time however she wants, you know. But if you're, like, hey, like, I just miss when we used to hang out. If she misses that, too, hopefully she'll be, like, yeah, like, we can make that work. I didn't know, you know, that it meant that, like, that it meant that much to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. Next one I have. I couldn't get the whole screen or whole thing screenshotted, but I have most of it screenshotted. But the front part is like kind of saying like the, laying the groundwork about how this girl and her roommate both have boyfriends and they've been like going on double dates and stuff. Um, and the girl who DM'd us doesn't like her roommate's boyfriend. I think. Okay. Um, neither my BF and I care for her boyfriend. When we have gone out with them in the past, he's had a bad attitude when things don't go his way and, frankly, isn't enjoyable to be around. I've expressed this to my roommate and she makes ex- makes excuses for him and continues to ask me to do things with them. This has become an everyday thing despite me constantly telling her no. Since we are roommates, she's always aware of when I am free and doesn't understand why I would rather stay at home and relax when I'm not working slash studying. I've had many discussions with her about this, but she continu- continues to ask me every day. I appreciate being included, but it's also exhausting to tell her no multiple times. I'm not sure how to make her understand. Any advice? My first thought, and again, I know very little. I don't know anything about the relationship, but I'm almost like, is she wanting you and your boyfriend to, like, hang out with them so much because she's, like, trying to almost, like, avoid being just with her boyfriend? Like, does she, she like her boyfriend? really like him that much either, you know? Because relationships, you get comfortable in them. You get comfortable, and you just kind of go with the flow, and you kind of, like, don't necessarily reevaluate, like, am I happy? Is this going well? Do I see a future? I mean, sometimes you do, but sometimes it just, you just go day to day. So my first question would be, you know, you as a friend and roommate, if you genuinely are kind of just, like, questioning her happiness in the relationship, I think that could be something you consider bringing up with her or say, like, I think it'd be good for you to, to, like, have a solo date night and see her response to that because I feel like that would say a lot potentially I think that's good advice I think also just I remember reading somewhere I don't know if it was a tweet or something but it was like you like having plans with yourself counts as having plans and so if she's like oh my god like you're not doing anything like come do this with me and my boyfriend say actually I was planning on staying home and watching Netflix that is my plan that's a good advice too advice (laughs) thank you um okay someone said advice for feeling like you're never going to be going to be competent competent enough for the career you've been studying for Ooh, do i feel this one (laughs) um i think i'll be competent competent it's just gonna take just like oof it's a lot um i think what always helps me when i'm feeling just like overwhelmed and like i'm supposed to be an actual like physical therapist one day my god um is knowing how many people have come before me in like either the same program or just like in the world there have been i don't know millions of physical therapists i don't know what the career force looks like (laughs) um but like i think that helps me like okay i'm not gonna be the one person who is just like i can't do it you know what i mean yeah um 
I honestly think that this mindset is a better mindset to have than the alternative. Like thinking you know I it think all. so too. Thinking there's nothing anyone could say or do to make you better. Like and just knowing like, oh like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna succeed and like no one I don't know, I think that's a cocky mindset and I feel like in most professions, like there's always more to learn. So you probably are not going to feel competent all the time because you can't know everything. I always I see things all the time and I agree with it. That's saying like the people who are the most competent in their field, like the most like expert in their field say, I don't know more than anyone else. Because once you like learn, like when you start learning things and like getting into the thick of it, backyardigans, uh, that's when you realize like there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. And so people who claim to, like, know everything, it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Reminds me of one of our classes that we're in right now, the one that I always say we have, like, the most work to do for it. Um, because it's always, like, we get presented with new information, but then it's always, like, but don't take the extremes. Like, don't go all the way. You don't have to go all the way on, like, just because we present this one new, you know, signaling pathway that's, like, interesting and seems like it's, like, got all the right answers. It seems like we should just be promoting this one thing, but then it's, like, No. There's actually bad things about it, too. And so there's probably not just – that's my long way of saying, like, there's so much information, you're not going to know it all, and it's okay to not feel like you know everything. Mm-hmm. Especially because I feel like a lot of times when you're in school and still, like, training for whatever profession you're going to be going into, um, imposter syndrome is very much a thing, and – I think that simply knowing you're not the only one that feels that way is enough to like keep pushing forward. Um, a lot of my CIs like will you know talk about like oh when I was in PT school or like just share experiences. I, my last CI yeah, would simple say things like I don't know like what to do with this patient right now or like you know admit or like literally my CIs would say like sometimes like if you forget something like say something else and then like they'd go in their office and look something up. Yeah, like you kind of don't realize how normal and like not crazy geniuses everyone is and how they just like they're professional because in this field because they know that they know how to find the information they need when they need to find it Mm -hmm. like that's a key thing of in grad school you learn all like the groundwork and you learn how to think about different things so that when a certain patient comes up hopefully something starts twisting in your mind say like twisting in your mind wait a minute, that, like, makes you think back to something that you learned about or something you want to look into. And you don't have the answers right then and there. Like, you're not a genius and you don't necessarily know, like, ah, this is the answer. But you can say, I'm going to look into that and I know how to go about doing that and I feel confident in my ability to find what is best. Sometimes I laugh just, like, relating to, you know, being, like, finding comfort in knowing when other people, like, also don't know what's going on. Like, sometimes in class, like, someone will say something that's, like, they think I know what I'm doing, and I'm like, where did you get that impression? Like, we all in this together. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> and yet, we're all passing, and somehow, we're all still doing it. <laughs> so, just stay the course. That's my advice. Okay, I have one more. Or do we need more time? I don't know how much Yeah, we can more. keep going. Okay. Uh, can we talk about how people change over time, and how it affects, fa- or how it affects friendships or family-wise? Just hard how people go in and out of your life sometimes we think it's for the best but sometimes it could be different so i think just the idea of changing i mean we all go through this friendships especially like family i feel like is fine for the most part because it's family's family you always come back to it friendships are hard especially like when you go through big life changes you know transitioning from high school to college college to you know post-grad sierra and i were actually just talking about how we simultaneously feel very similar to how we were, like, literally at when we graduated undergrad. Like, it was not that long ago. But also, we feel like completely different people at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're a long-time watcher or listener, you probably think, for the most part, we're the same people. But I can't put my finger on what I think exactly is different about me. I just feel... I feel different. different maybe more mature or, like, grown up or just maybe I know more information. I don't know what it is, but I feel it. Yeah. And so I feel I like sometimes, too. too, that can be a very common thing. I'm just like, I don't know if it's just called growing up or what, but <laughs> um, Insightful. everyone obviously does. So I feel like as you grow up with different friendships, maybe it doesn't, like, maybe you can't pinpoint what exactly is changing, what's different, 
but they just feel different. different. And like you can't change that. And I feel like it's hard to accept that. But I also feel like it shouldn't, a friendship shouldn't feel like exhausting to maintain. Mm hmm. I agree with that. I also think that it comes to like, is it the people changing that has been making the friendships hard to maintain? Or is it something about timing? Like, is it difficult to actually like get together so it feels like you're drifting apart? In reality, it's just like you don't see each other because when are you supposed to see each other? So, could be a variety of factors at play with why it feels like a friendship might become more distant. Was there a pandemic keeping you guys apart for a year and a half? Who knows? There was. <laughs> um, I'm going to do... This is my last one. If you have one more you want to do after, we can do that. I don't. Okay, last one. Motivation for working out and eating healthy. I feel like people think that I eat healthier than I do. I was going to say, for the eating healthy thing, um, I would say, like, don't come up with, like, the healthiest of healthy meals. Like, don't get into the minds. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean? People are like... I do. If people are kind of thinking, like, oh, I want to do some healthy meals, like, it has to be all healthy or, like, nothing at all. And they don't go in Like, chicken and rice only. With a side of broccoli. Otherwise, if it's if it's not that, then they just do, like, the frozen dinners or whatever it may be. And, like, they don't go halfway. They don't try to meet themselves halfway. So, I feel like find something that is good for you and balanced for you. And, like, just it needs to be, like, an overall, like, good vibe meal. And what I mean by that is, like, the chicken asparagus pasta that me and Sierra make or the cornflake chicken that we make drunken or noodles. the drunken noodles. I don't know the calories or macros on that. But I do know that I'm getting protein or I try to get in some vegetables. Usually when I do my cornflake chicken, but maybe not tonight because I didn't get groceries for that. You got corn, though. True. Or I know that I have, like, vegetables in my pasta. You know, like, I just am, like, it's good enough for me. Like we bought some fruit that we try and, like, throw into our lunch. And that's what works for me. And so I feel like. You have to try and, like, give yourself grace. Eating healthy is hard. And I applaud people who genuinely... Cooking like, is freaking hard. Like, that's hard enough. You want me to cook it and make it healthy? And then find Ugh. new recipes that I actually care enough to try. Because, like, I only have so much time I want to devote to cooking. And it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Instant Pot could be a good idea for you if you're someone like that. I, For some reason, you would think that I would be all on board the Instant Pot train. Because of how little work it supposedly is. You know, it it goes back to finding new recipes. I simply can't be bothered. Yeah. Or I have a fear of like finding a recipe and then like making it and then it sucks. And then I'm like, what do I have for dinner then? Yeah. Or if it's like an instant pot recipe, I kind of only can be bothered to try an instant pot recipe if it's literally like dump it all in and leave it. If you have to start like cooking stuff beforehand or like like frying it on the bottom, bottom, I'm like, what is this? I like don't fully trust it. There was one recipe we had to fry it, like, on the bottom of the pot. And I was, like, frying on the bottom of the pot? Excuse me? And then as far as working out goes, that's the discipline thing. And that can be, maybe if you go to a gym, let's say, and maybe you don't go to the gym. Maybe you work out at home or you just walk or whatever it may be. But if you go to the gym, let's say, like, you literally have to just, like, get yourself to walk into the gym doors. And then see where it goes from there. But you're there. That's what I do half the time. Exactly. Sierra and I were leaving class today, and I had workout question mark on my to-do list today. Mostly because I've been pretty sore lately, and I was just like, we'll see how I feel. Um, but Sierra was like, do you want to go work out? And I was just like, I mean, do Short I want answer, to? No. That's no. what Megan and I do that all the time. We'll be like, one of us will say, hey, do you want to, well, like, whatever, X, Y, Z. Like, go get groceries. Do you want to podcast? Like, it's all, like, the little things we, like, know we have to do. And then the other person will be like, no, I don't want to. But then it's like, okay, well, I guess I will. Do you want to start laundry? No. But we have to. Um, If you work out at home, like, maybe you just, like, cannot even fathom the idea of, like, getting yourself to work out right now. And I'm not saying, like, give yourself rest days, whatever it may be. I'm not super strict on that either. But, like, maybe it's just, like, you pull up on your laptop or TV, like, 15-minute, like, YouTube workout. You just say, like, we're going to go. We're going to see what I can do. It doesn't have to be, like, it doesn't all have to be good. You can take breaks during it. You can just be like, this is not what I want to be doing right now. But I think that a little bit of getting into the just do it, Nike, the just do it mindset is a good starting place where it just becomes habit. And then hopefully 
you know, hopefully you will have your good days. Like, I'm hopefully not you'll you find th- things that like actually make you want to work out. Like, working out is not supposed to be like this miserable thing. It's not, know? but it also doesn't like you don't have to like be loving every single second either. Sometimes you just gotta do it because your body needs it. I can go into all the pathways for you guys about how important exercise is, but I won't bother. <laughs> Basically, exercise, all good things happen. Not exercise, all bad things happen. Pretty much, that sums up the course we've been nonstop talking about. Okay. That is everything we have that we're going to give advice on. Hopefully, you guys... You know what? Sometimes during these advice episodes, we kind of just end up coming out feeling like we didn't give advice and uh, we're just, like, talking, agreeing with you guys. But I actually feel like we gave advice in this episode. I think we did, too. So, hopefully, you guys found this to be helpful if you asked the specific advice or kind of had something similar that you sent in or just, you know, have going on in your life. And we will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye.